Do you want a well-rounded, busy schedule for your audio business? How about mixing for television, music, sonic branding, advertising? Let's throw in playing guitar at the Super Bowl halftime show. Okay, maybe that last one isn't as attainable, but let's talk to the guy who's done all that and more, Brent Barkus, coming up next. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for being here. This is the Adam Claremont Show. I'm your host, Adam Claremont. Here we talk about the world of audio with the pros who are behind the television and film you're watching, the music you listen to, the video games you play, and much, much more. Learn about how to build your client list and earn more money in less time. But before we go there, I'd like to offer you a gift. I put together a list of tips that have helped me to be more productive and more efficient with my time. And if you're trading your time for dollars or working on a project-based fee like a lot of us, then increasing your productivity should be very important to you. So please go to www.adamclaremont.com workflow, pick up your free PDF guide, begin working faster and earning more in less time. And now let's get to our guest. I'm really excited. This guy is super cool. Welcome Brent Barkus. <laughs> Brent is a musician and producer who's worked with Elton John, Kenny Loggins, and Shania Twain, who he played guitar for. Shania Twain, he played the Super Bowl halftime show for, the largest watched television show event of the year, so he probably hmm. knows a thing or two about pressure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brent is also an amazing re-recording mixer working for Viacom, CBS, and some great content. Brent, thanks so much for being here, man. Hey, man. Good. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. It's awesome. Yeah. Our remote, remote. It's fun. Yeah. Everything's yeah. remote, right? Right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, do people meet anymore? I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, yeah. This is... <laughs> Pandemic times. Yeah. That's so, right. Yeah. So uh, I'm in New York. You're in Nashville. Nashville. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's awesome. It is awesome. So I, I mentioned, you know, you've got an awesome career in music. That is that how you started out, Brent, in music? Yeah, I did. I came to Nashville uh, right after high school uh, to study guitar, performance at a little school called Belmont University. It's university now. It was a little college at the time, but uh, had a great music program. And uh, I thought, hey, what's better? Try to study music and be in a music town at the same time to kind of maybe start networking and meet people. So I kind of got a, a head start of some people that maybe had gone to a non-music town and started meeting meeting people yeah. that I ended up working with, you know. That makes a lot so of sense. Cool. So it really, hel- it really helped kind of, you know, even living in the dorms and practicing and, and kind of, you know, doing school, I was still kind of meeting the next generation of industry people. So that was kind of cool. Oh, yeah. And I got to ask, did so, you graduate? I did not. Ah, uh, I, you know, I, I, I lack, I lack a few semesters, but it, it's, it's, that's it's not no a dig, deal. man. That's not a no, dig. That's not, a, you always just, hear I, the story of the people who graduated music school aren't necessarily the ones working in music well, anymore. <laughs> I, I fully had intentions to finish, but you know, when you start, I started getting auditions and hearing about gigs I, and I got pulled out to tour and I thought, well, I can always go back and it just kind of snowballed. So it hasn't, hasn't, uh, come back up since. So yeah. I guess it's been, been a good ride. So so you got some paid schooling in. That's good. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I owe my dad. I think I owe my dad. Oh yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Did, uh, so did music run in your family? You know, they, the love of music. A lot of music in the house. Dan- my parents were in dance clubs and enjoyed it as a social. Uh, but they weren't musicians. Um, 
but I think there's in the you know in other generations there were, and then my brother's six years older, and he was a he's a great drummer, and ended up in Nashville as well, but ended up moving over to the business side. He's an A and R, which he works for Sony. So awesome. So yeah, he's here too. But uh, yeah, so I watched him, and you know had, he had bands growing up, so I, there was always music in the house and drums, yeah. and that's kind of I gravitated towards guitar at first. So. Well, yeah. I mean, you must be doing something right in the instrument. I, I mean, I can't imagine going to Nashville, first of all, and getting some of the gigs that you got playing guitar <laughs> it's a, in yeah. Nashville. Yeah. I mean, talk a, about, you must over, love the competition. Was, well, there's so many great players, and I, you know, it's overwhelming sometimes. If you if you stop and think, oh, man, if I try to compare myself, it's still, over, you know, so you have to just kind of stay your course, be, try to be original in some things and what you do and be content. And then just, it's a lot of it, you know, it's, it's referral and networking and who, you know, so you kind of have to blend the, hopefully you have the skills to do it, but then also keep, you know, figuring out where, where the networking side happens too, you know, right. And being, so it's kind of a combination of who, you know, and hopefully the talent, you know. Well, I think it's probably so. a testament to your personality and your attitude as well, because again, I mean, talking about the competition and the talent in that town that you're in, I mean, a lot of people can sing a guitar, but I'm sure that especially going on tour like you did and playing for some of the people you did, they don't they don't suffer fools, put it that way. So uh-huh. I'm sure you you <laughs> got to bring a good hang, right? And you yeah, just, like, totally. You know, yeah. have a good a lot, attitude. A lot, a lot and, of it is that, yeah, and especially when you're living on these, you know, these buses and it's tight quarters, and you kind of learned how to. It's 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 like the, I always say it was like the real world before MTV created these reality. You know, we were, I felt like we were living in these, uh, you know, not, they'd throw all these band members on these buses and try to, Hey, get along these people you've never met, you know? And so it's kind of, it was an interesting time to like, kind of figure out how to be personable and, and not have a lot of space, but still kind of get along with all these people you, you're just getting to know. So that yeah. was interesting, you know? So a lot of years on the road. So I've, I've got to ask you, so you, you worked with Mutt Lang? I did seven years. Yeah. So, uh, Man. I mean, one of the greatest producers of a generation yeah. Got to ask you, uh, just lay something on us. What, what was one of the things you picked up from him? I'm sure there's plenty of things. Yeah, there were a ton. Um, I think just the, uh, the the drive to make a song or a production is the best it can be all the way up until the final before he has to like hand something in. You know, there was never a, you know, if he's working on hooks or the melodies, it was always rewrites and always always changing things, even even up to the mix time. So I, I found mm. that just fascinating, just always crafting a better, hookier song that would hopefully, you know, hit the masses and sell millions of records. That was always his, you know, passion and goal. So obviously it was working well for him. So yeah, no kidding. And so I think it was that. And then then with the band, you know, on my, when he hired, he hired all of us um, to do these uh, tours, uh, you know, was just looking for musicians that he could just, he, he wanted the preciseness of the records playing the parts exact, the sounds, everything had to be just like, he wanted it to be just like the records. So that was kind of a niche of having to really, and that was something in my background that, you know, as a, a, a kid learning guitar, always developing that ear to be able to hear the exact parts and then go and find the sounds that to kind of recreate what was on those records. So that was kind of my, kind of became my forte in traveling and working with these, these top artists, you know. Because most of them were, were wanting to pull off the records. You know, you know, you get in more of like a Kenny Loggins who might veer off from that and it's more of a jam thing in certain mm. parts of the show. But but most of the artists that I was working with were definitely like, I want to play it, you know, just like the records. So that was kind of something I really got passionate into was kind of like kind of pull off these these parts, you know. Well, that's interesting. And, that probably served you for the rest of your career. I mean, continuing going forward because you're talking about like seriously critical listening and real nuanced stuff. If you're talking about, it, you know, picking apart what you hear and then delivering on it. And if you're getting chosen, yeah. then you must yeah, be doing yeah. good at that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, Mutt, you know, Mutt, obviously, yeah, just that 
that those hearing all those yeah those fine little parts and you know playing certain things with upstrokes you know very precise with the pick or hands or fingers or where it's played on the neck just all that little nuance was definitely you know training my ear even more to be so detailed so yeah and hopefully you know transferring that over into the studio world as well so with production that's interesting yeah yeah her career um kind of started to take off actually near me in Albany, New York. Uh, a friend of yeah. mine, uh, David Malakowski, was working with her in Mutt Lang earlier on. Yeah, totally. And uh, also uh, Gary Burke, who's a phenomenal drummer, is, uh, lives around yeah. here. Those yeah, guys are still, name. Yeah, Absolutely. Dave, David's now, were, he's uh, uh, doing a lot of uh, Broadway stuff with Rent and uh, Mamma Mia and stuff like that. But That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, they're great. They're great players. And they were around that early 95, 96 before the touring started. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, great players. Yeah. Definitely. So that's cool. So yeah. So you know. So how did you transition? If it even is a transition, I'm assuming you're still playing a little bit. But you you do so much now with with the television and film and and post side now, a little less on guitar maybe. So right. how how did that sort of inform what you're doing now? And how did that transition begin? It was back uh, 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 after the first Chennai tour, which ended around ni- uh, 99, 2000 or so. Uh, I was living in Nashville and married, no kids. And my wife and I decided we really wanted to pursue more production, songwriting, and maybe even an artist deal as a duo. So oh, we awesome. moved L- Yeah, we moved to L.A. in the early 2000s and kind of started over. I, you know, I'd, like I said, I'd just come off this three-year tour of, you know, shows all over the world. And I was pretty fried from that, you know, so you're kind of like ready to do something else, you know. Yeah. And Mud had encouraged me, uh, you know, to get – this was like, you no. Know, so 97, 98, I bought my first Mac. You know, it's weird not to think. I bought my first Mac and uh, <laughs> a guy named Magic Dave who worked for Mark of the Unicorn, which is his digital performer. It's a software. It's a DAW, you know. He came out on the road and gave us all free software. So it was the first time, like 98, uh, that I had even known anything about recording so- with software, you know. And it was on DP. So- <laughs> yeah. And so we, uh, you know, I had all this time on the road, so I bought a Mac and, and was learning how to do internet, you know, AOL, and and just kind of got into multi-tracking with DP. And so I kind of fell in love with production and trying to figure out all the tips and tricks, what Mutt was doing and stacking vocals and learning how to put parts down and synths. And yeah, so I kind of got interested in the whole, you know, Mutt was kind of just say, man, broaden it, you know, you know, you know, get loops and learn how to make tracks, you know? So that's kind of where I started. And so we moved to LA. I I put a little studio on Beverly Boulevard, just a dumpy old office building we converted and and started working with uh, publishing companies, trying to just kind of build tracks for their songwriters. So that's kind of where I got into just that fully on, just like, you know, crushing tracks really quick as much as fast as I could because these writers yeah. were trying to pitch pitch songs to write other other artists you know so that's kind of where I got into the uh, the groove of really trying to get my track world going f- better and using my guitar playing too on sessions but using guitar more as just a you know a tool for for these for these full production the tracks and yeah, yeah yeah so so that's where I got into the full production side of things and then uh you know just working with other producers and writers and kind of snowballed from there working with like art uh companies like Warner Chapel and just just trying to just get into the you know the production game so yeah yeah so and that's and how then, that, kind of the track started and then then I ended up doing another Shania tour so I kind of packed everything up and went back out for another couple of years so I was kind of you know had my laptop mobile rig doing the thing in the hotel room but uh and staying sharp with that but uh yeah I went back out because you know it's hard to, it's such a fun it's you know the the touring thing is is hard, but at that level, it's so fun because you know you're treated so well and you're all over the world sure. and you're getting to see the. So it was it was it was a good time, you know. But yeah. 
It'll fry you, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so, I mean, she was one of the biggest artists on the planet during yeah, that time. And, so, and, I mean. and, and Mutt, Mutt was so inspiring. I was learning so much from him. I just couldn't pass up, you know, doing it again. So that was, uh, that was 03, 02, 03, 04, kind of, so. That's great. Yeah. And so after that, did you, you went back to L.A., though, or did you head I did, back to we, Nashville? We did, and then, uh, honestly, uh, the, you know, I said— my wife and I really kind of kicked around the artist thing. We tried, you know, we had, we had some good showcases and it just wasn't, you know, t- everything's timing. It just wasn't, right. it didn't really seem to ever really kind of, um, take off. So, which was fine. And, and, uh, we decided to, uh, you know, we, we'd missed Nashville a little bit. Our roots are Midwest. So I grew up in St. Louis, my wife's from Illinois. And mm. so we decided to, uh, kind of get off, get out of the West coast. We hadn't really connect. I mean, we'd connected a little bit with business people, but you know, with friends, with me being in and out of the town with being on the road, it was kind of like time to kind of, we had roots in Nashville. So we came back in 05 and then, uh, have been here ever since. So, and I kind of, uh, built the studio here and I'm just kind of trying to build kind of my own thing since then. So staying on, I, I kind of, after that flash and I tour, and I knew she was kind of hanging it up for a while. She was fried and at around o- end of 04. So I kind of decided to, you know, you kind of have to commit to like, okay, you might get some offers to go back out, but I decided, hey, I'm going to try to build something where I could, we can maybe have a family. I can stay, stay in town more. So that's kind of where I started, kind of like trying to get my roots deeper in town, you know, with more production. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. good, man. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. That, so the road thing, the road thing kind of. <laughs> oh man, thanks. It's you know, it's like anything else. Just keep keep grinding and trying to like meet new people and expand the uh, expand the work and yeah. the client base. So. So the place so. that you're in right now, what's the name of the studio? I sixty five music. All right, and that that's your shop. Yeah, it's my yeah. personal. It's yeah, you know, it's not huge, but it's it's dialed in. It's a great mix room, and I can I can do my tracking here, and I'll do vo- I'll do VOs here if I need to, and uh-huh. but no, no uh, multi track, you know, no drums and stuff like that. So I just kind of do everything with programming, and and you know if I need to do a session or something, I would you know we have, in Nashville there's some great big rooms if I need to go to Blackbird or something, but uh, typically yeah. I can do a lot of it my, on my own. So yeah. depends on what I'm working on, you know. So yeah. So, so you're doing a lot of post and uh, and uh, mix work, right? For Viacom CBS. Yeah, it's been great. I, it's a whole nother world for me. Uh, the film TV thing, and and uh, so that came up last fall. Actually, it came out of LinkedIn, an audio supervisor out of uh, com- CMT here, which is owned by Viacom CBS, which is Country Music Television. They were uh, looking for some some more audio mixers for content up up in New York, and mm. ran out of, ran out of studio space in New York. Wild, and so they called CMT, <laughs> called CMT and said, "Hey, I know you guys have all these awesome edit suites and mix rooms. We're thinking about hiring some people remote so we can, because they, you know, as the merger was happening with CBS, they were like, we've got all this content all that right, has to yeah. get has to get mixed. And those are on November. For, I, yeah, I think for a while, um, like Comedy Central, some of the networks weren't uh, the final products weren't ha- going through audio guys. They were going straight to network from the creative, some of the producers or video guys. And so they're, I think a lot of their levels and stuff were all over the map. There wasn't a lot of, co- <laughs> which I could see. I don't want to hear that, but <laughs> I know well, they were just throwing stuff on timelines and kind of blending it a little bit. And then it was getting out, getting out on network. So I think they, the, uh, <sighs> you know, the head guys were like, we got to have some, you know, cohesiveness here. So they ended yeah. up, Hiring more audio guys and and letting everything go through, stand, you know, so all the standards were yeah for for broadcast. So yeah, it's been great. So it's been super busy and COVID. You know, I can see, I can sense now. You know, maybe with COVID without production going on, some of the content slowing down a little bit just because they're not shooting any new material right now. So I'm yeah. hoping that that all kind of 
But it's been great. I've learned so much about just TV and 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 mixing levels for you know with dialogue and sound effects and you know what certain creative directors want. And you know it's it's like anything else. It's subjective. So where things kind of sit in the mix. So yeah, kind of le- learning what they're looking for. But it's it's a lot of fun. So so for for someone who's not in that world, why don't you give us like kind of a little walkthrough? So like you know if you had to do it again, like how do you you know, besides LinkedIn, which is awesome that I, you got that job off LinkedIn. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> That's actually yeah. how you, you and I Inspiring. connected was LinkedIn. I know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, don't. Which is a great. Re- don't if sleep anybody's on, listening, a great yeah. resource for if you're looking for any kind of corporate, um, you know, audio work or any creative work. I think it's a great spot to. I think it's kind of an untapped area for creatives to absolutely to network. A lot of people are you know using Twitter and uh, Insta, which is great too. But I think the LinkedIn eyes. There's a lot of corporate great corporate work going on. You know, people looking for talent so yeah it's serious stuff people looking for either help or or looking to learn something so if you've got either to offer then yeah it's a fantastic place there's a lot of you know less fluff right yeah but so so let's say you know i want to be i want to be brent i want to get into the tv game like how 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 would you go about it today and and what do you expect like what should i expect like what what are you given from the network and what are they expecting from you back for for deliverable let's walk us through Oh yeah. So since it's remote, we share a server, you know, so you're basically given an OMF file. It's, it's all avid pro tools. So we're using pro tools. Right. Um, so we're given an OMF or an AAF, which is just a, basically an, an export of their full session. And then it, that is basically comes to me, uh, through server and I open it up and then we, I basically have my own template and and pro tools. And it's just basically, uh, and it's it's kind of honestly the temp- template started. It's kind of a, a formatted template for how they like their their stemmed, you know, master files. Right. And I and I've kind of like you know done my own plugins and stuff. But so basically, it's basically a what I get. It can be anything from uh, sometimes if there's not a lot of sound design, they'll you know I'll I'll take a call with the creative director and find out. Hey, we need more sound design. We're we're lacking sounds here. Explosions. If it's a you know a, a, a that type of piece or. Uh, any kind of sound, you know, they might just look, they're looking if, if they've run out of time or they just didn't want to mess with it. So sound, sometimes there's sound design, uh, but then there'll be voiceover tracks, there'll be dialogue, there'll be sound effects if, if it's there already, music tracks. Um, and then basically it, it's kind of, it kind of can come messy because they're, you know, they're obviously, they're focused more a lot of the times on the visual. So they're, they right. know that it, the, the, the back end that they're going to be sending me the audio. So there could be VO on all kinds of different tracks. It could be all over the place. So basically when I get a session, I, I import the OMF and then uh, I, I consolidate all of that raw data of dialogue or, or track audio stuff into my template and just line it up, get it all clean. So it's all on the right track. So it'll stem out at the end. And then if there's restoration, you know, I might be doing some uh, isotope stuff, uh, cleaning up any dialogue if there's noise, that kind of stuff, edit, cleaning out breaths or anything. So I do all that kind of first, those passes, and then kind of start with, um, you know, I always kind of like to uh, start with the dialogue, get it all totally leveled. You know, I do a lot of clip gain. I do a lot of mixing basically with clip gain because it's just seemed I've kind of gotten a groove of doing that. So I don't have to do a lot of automation. I like that too, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, especially it, for, yeah, especially for uh, like voiceover. I would say where oh, you know amazing. it's not as dynamic. You know, it just needs to be in your face. So I mean, for television, if you're talking television, a lot of that. No, it is. I, I, I kind of work the same way, actually. No, I love it. So I do a lot of that. So it, I'm not, you know, it's hitting, and then I can kind of set my compressor, and it's hitting. Everything's kind of hitting right there at the same same level. So I yeah. do a lot of that. Do a lot of my leveling with clip gain, and then I'll bring in the music underneath, kind of get a good you know thing going, and then um, 
add the add the voiceover at the end. Kind of we have these tags, so the tags are like, you know, what tomorrow at seven. Uh, they'll give me like maybe a ton of tags, so that you have right. to do these versions with different different tags for times. Yeah, it's tomorrow at seven. It's next week at seven. It's Monday. Exactly. Wait, yeah, 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 tons of tags. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then uh, send it back. So you basically then start sending it back, getting feedback if there's any changes, and then bounce the stem. So, but it, it moves fast because uh, they're trying to get you know these are a lot of it. What I'm doing is short short form stuff. So it could be promos, you know, commercials. Mm-hmm. So I could do four or five a day if I'm if we're moving moving well, you know. And so they want a quick b- turnaround on that, or yeah, pretty much. So I try to get you know two hours. Usually I'm trying to get it, get it back, and then. Because they're they're doing uh, two hours, that, so off the server and back back to them yeah, in two hours. Yeah, and now that's yeah. that's for the first that's set tight. of cha- if there's changes. <laughs> yeah, it's tight. Two and a half, three hours if it's like a heavy sound design piece. I was working on this show. I uh, it's called I sixty eight whiskey, which is a Ron Howard thing for uh, Paramount. And cool. so there was a it was like a modern day mash. Really cool show. So I was, but it was a heavy sound design. So there's a lot of like, you know, explosions and gunfire. And so that, that, that takes some more time to kind of like get all that leveled out. No kidding. But anyway, yeah. So a lot of, a lot of quick turnaround and, um, you know, we're working with several different, um, sometimes several different networks in a day. So they'll block out your time. So you might have three hour session blocks, you know, and. Oh, that's good. So So you know, what's coming though. And when. Yeah. 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 So. It's really great. So it's been it's been a lot of work, but it's really taught me how to kind of be efficient with uh, my template and my plugins. Everything's kind of dialed in, and so and you kind of start kind of getting to know where everything sits, so that your levels are right for broadcast, and you know you just kind of get in a groove. So yeah. that's kind of my day with them. So that's and, cool. Uh, yeah. Well, that's that's I'll, super important. You touched on that too. I mean, I, I imagine that they uh, a job like that with such a quick turnaround time. They might not give you a very long leash. So if you're consistently running over your schedule, like you, yeah, yeah. you, you got to get your stuff together. You got to be ready and you've got to have that workflow down so that you're not messing with, oh, what plugin should I use? Or how do exactly. I route this? Like your template, all that stuff, like you said, with, with yeah, all your the, stems, you got to be ready to roll. It yeah. is true. And the ex, because the exporting can really, when I first started, I was a little overwhelmed with the exporting because I, you know, I mean, I've done, I've stemmed out, tr- you know, music tracks and stuff, but it, it, uh, it takes time, you know, with all the tags and, and then yeah. labeling it, the, just the, and then the, you know, it's organization. Very just and labeling everything, which tags are what times and, you know, and then send everything back organized. It, it took some time to kind of get used to that, that yeah. workflow, you know, but, but it's a lot of fun. And so the stems you're usually working with, is that, that's VO, dialogue, effects, is there a DME, yeah, a music uh, track, and then a full? Yeah. Mix minus. So, yeah. you know, everything without the VO and yeah. then, uh, yeah, so pretty much that. You're nailing it. Yeah, and then uh, then we do a full. I do a full mix on air, which is uh, minus 10 dB, and then there's a, a social digital mix, which is minus 6 dB. So, right. yeah. So you send the big folder with everything in it, and uh, hopefully move on to the next session. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> and good. So, and so. sometimes you're re- sometimes you're it's cool. You're re- sometimes you're retagging. So like two days later, they might say, hey, we, they moved the show to Tuesdays. So you you know you got to then you got to pull the new. sessions back mm-hmm. up. Get the new, new VO, retag, send it back, and then all the stems again. You know, so it's interesting. Yeah, it's fun though. Keeps you on your toes. Well, so so you're you're making the television experience that much more enjoyable for everybody. <laughs> Finally, that sounds like they're back back in line with a calm act instead of yeah. just <laughs> running everything at you know minus. Point oh one. That's right. I know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I'm used to you know with music. Yeah, yeah, smashing everything. This so it was a little different. Actually, keeping up with all their levels and requirements, it was a little different. Yeah. It's like wow, dynamics. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, hopefully, you know that work keeps on. I'm I'm sure it's going to come, but I'm hoping that you know things start to ramp up again because again with COVID, you know, I, I've I've been a CVS uh, 
employee for a bit with Viacom working live shows for Bellator. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they're acquired part of that umbrella and that stuff is gone. I mean, there's, they're kind Man. of doing these like rebooted yeah. plays and things like that, but there's, you know, Showtime, same thing. They're under that umbrella. I don't know how, how you know, in tune everyone is to how many network. There's not actually that many um, umbrellas, so to speak, you know, conglomerates that there's just right. a handful and they're owning, owning everything and they're getting bigger yeah. and bigger. You know, this latest acquisition of CBS and Viacom, that was huge, huge. huge. Yeah, MTV's huge. in there, like you mentioned. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but, yeah, but a lot of that is live content and there is no live content being produced right now. So there's yeah. a lot of people sitting around and waiting. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So the Par- the Paramount stuff was good because it was, uh, you know, they're taking old movies. And so all the short form content was just promoting the what, what was going to be on that week or that, you know, that weekend. For, so they were kind of like bundling movies, you know, old old movies and stuff. So, yeah. so th- thankfully that work has kind of continued. But yeah, all the live stuff like with Comedy Central and, uh, you know, some of the uh, other networks, it's obviously slowed down. So hopefully that all kick back in. Yeah. So those are quick turnaround times. At least you at least know when to expect the sessions. I mean, I'm thinking of like advertising, which I know you're involved with, uh, involved mm-hmm. in as well. I mean, that stuff is t- I mean, quick turnaround times, and just guess when they're going to be ready for you, and still keep your quick turnaround time. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're talking yeah. about two, two hours. It's like you know, sometimes I'm just waiting. You know, I expect it one at one point, and I don't see it for two days, and all of a sudden it's hey, we need this now. It's like, exactly. Hello. Yeah, totally different. Yeah, so, <laughs> it can be really tough. Totally. I just worked on a, a, a AT&T fiber spot that's for a new promotional thing they're doing. And it was sa- full sound design. It was cool. It was animation. And that, you know, thankfully that was like a, a two week project. So at least you had some time to like actually, you know, create and, and you know, had the, a full day of VO and then full day of mix. And so, yeah, a little, little better timeline just to kind of, you know, work on something. But, but, but I understand, you know, with the, the short term, short term, uh, short, the promo stuff, you know, it's like, you kind of know it's turn and burn and you get your template and, you know, so it's kind of uh, kind of expected, and you kind of get in that groove where it, it actually the product stays really consistent, and as long as you got your your template rocking, you know. So yeah, and that's super so. important with the consistency. Obviously, with the Comact, you know, we mentioned like you know with with broadcast, those specs are, I mean, you know, they're real. Like you want everything yeah. hitting, but if it's going on the web or if it's going on TV or streaming, you, they need to hit spec. Yeah. So your template. That's important, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, you're almost yeah. lined up as soon as you import it. You're, you're half the half the work is exactly. done for you. Yeah, and I could almost like after I'd clip gained, I could almost keep I, my template. Almost my faders were all you know for each stem track were all kind of set, and it pretty much would play out the way each each promo would almost play out the same. The yeah. mix would almost kind of where the levels were. You know, I could almost get to where it was like I didn't have to do much fader movement. You know, because all the yeah. clip gain was dialed in. It's like man, you're almost there once you kind of set it all from. You know the one you did the yeah. spot before the spot before, so you kind of get in that groove where you can just even look at the meter and go, "I know I'm gonna hit spec," you know. Mm. So that's pretty cool. There, there's another uh, a neighbor of yours, uh, mixer named Billy Decker. Oh, he's great! Uh, yeah, he, what a character, right? <laughs> guy turns out song after song after song, and his big Man. thing is clip gain too. He, and he, yeah, he talks he about. He'll, he'll look at the size of the waveform and he'll just visually <laughs> say, "Oh, I, I know that this needs to be that big," so he clip gains it and then. So. <laughs> I love that guy, man. I need to, I need to, I've, I think we've chatted a little bit on social, but I'd love to have, I need to take him and go get some coffee or something. He's, he seems like character and buy some of yeah. his, uh, he's got the Decker boards. The Decker boards. You know, his, those look, yeah, yeah they look fantastic. I need one of those. They're pieces yeah, of art. I, need, I know. I need one of those. I'm, yeah. I love to cook. So maybe I need to pick up a Decker board. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But another super successful guy that works a lot with templates and clip gain. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> great, mi- great mixer. Yeah. yeah if guys, no kidding. Anybody that hasn't heard of him, go check out his. A lot of number ones. Yeah. Really great. So 
tell me, uh, what's, I mean, I kind of know the answer here. What's exciting you right now, like for the future of audio? You know, I think, uh, <clears throat> well, I, I think, you know, obviously the podcast thing is a, is a craze, you know, not a craze, but, a you know, it's a really powerful audio thing going on right now. I think I love voice technology. I think that with, with audio branding and just, uh, I think it's a cool, cool siloed, not siloed, but I think it's a great spot for audio creators and mixers. I think it's going to be another, just another way to, um, uh, find work. I think it's going to be a, it's, I think it's cool that it's, I think there's going to be with, with the branding side of voice, I think that more and more companies and brands are going to want kind of a branded sound, whether it's, you know, custom VOs or, or custom music and, and, um, sonic, you know, what do you say? Sonic footprint, Mm -hmm. uh, to go, to go on voice. I think it's going to be a cool, some kind of, kind of interesting voice, whether it's the, uh, Alexa devices or Google. I think there's a, a new thing kind of happening with voice, with audio. So I'm kind of exploring that learning com conversational design a little bit so that I can kind of understand what's needed for a client on the voice side. So yeah, it's kind of, kind of my thoughts right now on that. Just I think it's a cool way to, um, for brands to start to explore and see kind of how voice is going to play in the whole, you know, arena of, you know, ordering, how are people going to, you know, use, use, and how are people going to know which brands are, are, you know, to order from? Cause if we're using voice without the screen, the screen list stuff is really interesting to me too. Like with mm -hmm. Amazon, just, you know, how are people going to order and which brands are they going to choose? And is the audio, you know, are they going to remember brands by their Sonic, you know, logo, you know, so really interesting to me. Yeah. I wonder if you've had the same experience. I mean, I've been talking about Sonic branding for so long and usually the conversation had always been, you know, talking with a prospective client saying, you know, have you thought about your Sonic branding or something like that? And they would usually go, well, what is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, totally. And 30 seconds later they go, oh, I know what you're talking about. I just didn't know that's what it's called. And no, I haven't thought about that at all, you know? Yeah. Um, and then we start to have this conversation. It's usually, it's usually a pretty easy sell as far as talking to people about its effectiveness and why, you know? I mean, one of the things yeah. that I've always mentioned is like, you know, you could probably hum me about 30 Beatles melodies right now. Exactly, exactly. Could you recite 30 Beatles <laughs> lyrics to me? Hmm. Right? Something about yeah. words versus music. There's something about our brain that it retains it so much longer and clearer and stronger. Um, it's just different visually, you know, or with words. So right. if, if you don't have something in front of you that's just screaming this is my brand and this is what we offer in print or, or with a, a video of some sort, you know, you're talking about like an Alexa or something like that. Yeah. Then you need your audio to speak volumes for you. So oh, that sounds pretty good. Actually. I never said that before. Yeah, that's that. good, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to trademark that one. Yeah. How to speak volumes for you. Yeah. But so, but so now, so that's always how the conversation had been for me. And now with all these newer, newer gadgets, like people are actually coming to us now and saying, hey, you know, we need help here because we've ignored this. You know, they're seeing people like MasterCard just flaunt exactly. it and just nail it, you yeah, know, and doing it so well. Yeah. Um, and and getting the benefit of it, you know. So, um, yeah, it's, re it's really cool to see that flip in the mindset, you know, where it used to be like, let's educate you. And now it's like, okay, you've got, you, you understand what we're coming from. Now let's just talk about strategy and get to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, and it takes, you know, it takes... Um, I think for these companies, it's so hard, you know, depending on the size of the company, I think, you know, it's obviously knowledge. And then 
where do they start, you know, and then, you know, slowly, how do they adapt, how do they adopt it, you know, and, and maybe it's not full audio brand assets, you know, but maybe it's just in a, like you're saying, in a sonic logo or a custom piece of music or, so it's just kind of figuring out where each company's, you know, how they, how do they start to get started? You know, that's the right. thing that's interesting to me and just yeah. educate, educating them. But as you're, like you're saying, I think they're starting to see that obviously this is, especially with less screens, maybe more voice going on, like, how are we going to be remembered, you know, and mm-hmm. from, from an audio standpoint, not just a visual standpoint. So right. it's pretty, pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still educating myself, you know, I'm fascinated with Same. it. I think it's a, a cool, a cool, another uh, avenue for audio content creators to, uh, you know, find, find work and, and learn the game that, you know, with the branding side. So. Yeah. And that's so important. Yeah. That's the, you know, the, there's so much opportunity right now. I feel yeah. like if you're in the audio space, you know, and if you just take yep. a step back and just look around, you know, um, you know, the, this is an opportunity, an Alexa device, you know, where anything that's making noise and there's a lot of it right now. Yeah. It's, it's coming from somewhere, you know, whether it's a video game, a handheld device, a, an Alexa skill, um, even the way, like you mentioned, you know, the, the way that um, these devices are interacting with their voice, you know, um, yeah. somebody needs to input that data first, create that, that, that content, that audio to be yeah. then given to a dev that just says, all right, this audio means this to that computer with all the machine learning and everything. It's fascinating. Yeah. There's yeah. a ton of work out there. Yeah. Uh, one one thing I was thinking of is uh, being in Nashville and, and doing a lot of work with labels and artists. You know, I thought, man, you know, I see Amazon is, you know, with their streaming, everything going on with Amazon Music and all these artists. I thought, uh, you know, how cool would it be if artists, if they could, you know, use this voice platform, you know, just another way to get in front of their fans. You know, I thought these custom mm. skills, you know, I started, right. you know, creating some of these, um, you know, watch, watching this conversational design stuff. I thought, how cool would it be for like a Taylor Swift, some of these artists to create their own skill um, and then basically be able to speak directly into these consumers' fans' homes and their bedrooms. You know, I thought when I was a kid, you know, like I had the Batman and Robin alarm clock when I was a kid. You remember? It was like, I don't know. It was like, but it was cool. It would be like Batman and Robin. It was branded. It was their voices and they'd wake you up. You know, it was like this old school clock, you know. But I thought, I mean, the, my kids, you know, I've got a 13-year-old and a 12-year-old. And I mean, they both have devices in the rooms and they, they listen to music, stream music all day. But I think, man, that's like the modern day alarm clock. Like if, if Taylor would speak would would do these like flash briefings and custom skill where they'd actually like hear content speaking directly in her voice. I mean, what a great idea and a way for her to, you know, kind of still grow her fan base and talk to them directly. So yeah. anyway, I've kind of talked to some of the A&R guys and labels about creating, maybe creating a skill, but it's funny, you know, I've, I've and I've kind of pitched it to Amazon about there's still some uh, barriers where the artist can't, you can't access uh, streaming music through the skills yet. So I don't know if that's something that they're going to open up where, you could be in that, say you're in Taylor Swift's, you know, custom skill where you could actually like purchase or listen to her music through the skill. So I don't mm-hmm. know yet. They've kind of got those siloed. So I'm wondering if yeah. they're going to open that up. There must be a reason they don't want to do that yet. But so anyway. Well, well I've talked to some artists who they, they're creating, um, I don't know if they've done it with a skill, but they're definitely creating their own apps as a way of kind of reclaiming their cool. own distribution channel. Nice. Yeah. You know, and controlling, you know, controlling the monetization of it, you know, keeping the whole pie. But, um, you know, it was also a, you know, trying to alleviate some piracy, I suppose. I don't know if that's a thing anymore, but. Right. Um, but that, that makes a lot of sense too, going the skills route. That's just like, kind of like that on steroids sounds like. So yeah, maybe there's a way for, for artists to, to use that and sort of, um, especially if you're talking about Taylor Swift, is she back well, on you Spotify could do, you or could do, I don't know. 
I don't know. I mean, you could do custom things like where only you can access certain mixes or certain, you know, dance remix. It's only in the skill. You know what I mean? So you, and because, you know, with Amazon Pay, you could- Custom content, you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You could have it. So you're, you're driving people to the skill and, 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 you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, have a chance to see me backstage, but you got to go through the skill to, you know, get- opportunity to see somebody yeah. you know obviously right now there's no shows but eventually yeah. if there's a, a tour <laughs> yeah. you could do two you could do tour promos and things through through the, through the skill as well and drive people there so yeah i don't know it's just a just something I, i'm just curious where if the skill thing like if that'll take off kind of like you know your apps on our phone or if it'll just be something that is kind of an introductory way to get people used to voice and then it'll move on to some other you know cool new technology i'm not sure yeah. but but i'm fascinated with it i think it's it's definitely a place brands are exploring and want want to have some some presence in that space to see where it's going to go they got you got to get in and get and at least try it you know yeah no i mean so. I, I think that we're just seeing the tip i mean me personally i mean I, I think it's going to explode especially when you integrate it with artificial intelligence and the devices that are coming out there yep. you know all this stuff you know between the glasses and some of the stuff totally. i've been reading i mean <laughs> i can't imagine you just walking down the street and having somebody in your ear or talking to somebody else and it's just all gonna I yeah mean, the yeah. other thing I'm super into <laughs> is the the uh, immersive, you know, the 360 audio. Like I've been kind of really totally. uh, playing with the Atmos thing, Dolby, and and done a few mixes in that for internal stuff for Viacom. We've actually done a few, just kind of trying it out, and it's really fascinating. I, I love the format. It's just how do you get how do you get it to people? It's still so new. You know, I know. So I, think, I know. You know. I love it so I, much too. But I I've, I keep on saying, I'm beating at that horse here. But I, I don't think that the general public has even adopted surround sound yet. <laughs> no, that's the thing. And I that's don't know like if they're thinking that- some odd years. That's been Yeah, up. yeah. <laughs> I still think it's, you know, the binaural thing, because obviously, you know, my kids, all the AirPods and stuff, I mean, it's a great way to listen to music through the, if we could do it. I, I still think it's more of a, a hearable type thing than who's, how many people are going to set up a, an Atmos system in their house? You know, right. it's not going to happen. You know? Well, that's the cool thing. And the advantage it has so, over the 5.1 is there, you know, we've come so far just with headphones, you can get that virtual, you know, yeah. that, that Atmos kind of experience. Yeah. With just you know two pieces of, <laughs> of right. and, and, and the AirPods. I mean, there's tiny little things. You can get that whole 360. Yeah, it's cool. It, if anyone hasn't checked it out, I mean, it's seriously, seriously good. Yeah, it's I not like it. as good if you're in a studio with all the the speakers, but man, is it still really it's, good. Oh yeah, I'm really um, impressed. And, and that I think can, even like with with content like Quibi, I think you know why why wouldn't some of that be mixed and immersive so you could actually you know because most of the Quibi stuff since it's short form you know this uh, app content. Could be a cool way to actually have Atmos streaming through the hearables through the AirPods. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, especially for anything marketable. You, you know, obviously, everyone's everyone's objective is to cut through the noise and find what their special uh, way into your ears or, or brains is. A lot of people have the same message, but like, how do you cut through everyone else's message to like actually get the attention? If you've got something story, if you're able to tell a story different than anybody else's and all people need are a pair of earbuds i mean if you start creating immersive content to sell your thing to with your stories i mean that's yeah. to me that's a lot more engaging and a lot more interactive and a lot more consumable and approachable than just another you know another yep. piece of audio or another story just like the right. other one um, i think it's a way to get people's attention really quickly and especially if all they got to do is pop in a pair right. of earbuds and all of a sudden they're like they're in it you know what i mean yeah it's cool. It's exciting. <laughs> so I think you'll see a lot more of that on the advertising side too. Yeah. Um, but when? We'll see. <laughs> I know. That's right. Yep. <laughs> stay tuned. Yeah. yeah, stay tuned. No, I feel like the future looks bright. <clears throat> looks yeah, bright. I'm excited. And, uh, 
audio is a it's it's I think it's it is it's it's, it's strong right now and it's it's an exciting uh, future. We'll see where everything goes, yeah. but just stay, trying to stay on top of it all, you know. Yeah. Keep reading and educating myself, and you know I didn't I never thought I'd actually be in full mixing and sound design. So I mean you know you just keep exploring and finding new ways to sharpen your skills and so. yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I say it all the time. I mean, if you're in audio, if you play guitar or you're in post or whatever it is, you know, you know, there, there, there's voiceover, there's sound design, there's podcasts, there's audiobooks, there's on and on and on, immersive, all these things. And, you know, voiceover, voiceover might not have been the thing when you were, you know, 10 years old thinking, oh, I want to grow up and be someone <laughs> recording voiceover, right? But I'll yeah. tell you what, if you can do it, you're going to pay your That's bills right. and you're going to do all the other stuff too. And it's a That's hell right. of a lot better than waiting tables. That's right, man. <laughs> yep. Totally. So very fortunate. So yeah, just diversify, diversify, especially right now. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, if you were if you were someone who were just, you know, niched down and, you know, you were the drum recording guy or you were... You know, the the girl who, uh, back to voiceover, we're just in studios all day with, with talent, you know, that's, you're in a tough spot right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I've got, I've got buddies that are, you know, great session musicians and some of them weren't even equipped to, um, you know, record at home. So it's tough, especially with, the, you know, a lot of the, the uh, full multi, you know, studio recording stuff in town for records that, you know, it's, they're not doing it or they're they're so limited in their social distancing in the yeah. studio with masks, but man, if you're not, if you're not recording at home, it's like, whoo. I know, know it's tough. Right now, it's yeah. super slow. Yeah, I mean, no, no one ever thought of that to prepare for a pandemic, but no, uh, yeah, <laughs> but it just yeah. makes you more employable. I mean, who wouldn't want to yeah. be more employable? Because yeah. I don't know about you, but I never know who's calling me today. Yeah, like no, we don't yeah, have totally. control over what other people need. They just, they just know what you do. Hopefully, if you're doing your yeah. job right, and yep. if you can do a lot, then they're going to call you for a lot of different things, and that's kind of the. Yeah, uh, that's kind of how I've you know managed that. Totally. It sounds like you're kind of doing the same thing. You know, you're just yeah, just trying to chipping away and find another way to get another phone call that day. <laughs> that's right. You got it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Diversify. I, I like your word. Yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah. Well, I, I guess we'll wrap it up on that note. But uh, I, I appreciate your time, Brent. It was super man. generous of you to take the time and talk and and to tell your story. Man, man it's an honor, man. It's fun, and uh, <laughs> it's always fun to meet another uh, audio guy. So yeah, it's fun. Yeah, maybe, um, so, we can, maybe we can connect in person at some point. Oh man, that'd be great. Yeah. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind heading yeah. over to Nashville sometime. That's for sure. That'd be great. We'd love it. Yeah, <laughs> love to hang. One of these days. Cool man. Yep. Enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. So for everybody uh, listening, um, you know, I, I hope you took something away from there. Um, obviously, we talked a lot about diversification. You know, if you're going to start out or if you're already in your career. Highly encourage you to maybe listen back and take just a couple that we, we went all over the place, Brent. Yeah, good. <laughs> we good. touched hopefully, on a lot of different we covered it. A lot yeah. of different niches. But um yeah, highly encourage you to diversify your skills. Um if you're not sure where to begin, then start to look for those people who are doing those things and just reach out. You know, I mean again, LinkedIn is an awesome resource. Just start to reach out to some people. Um this is how Brett and I connected. Um super cool dude, super open. Um, you know, there's a lot of people like him out there, they're willing to take a message. So Really encourage you to just uh, reach out and, and find uh, another way to make some more income because that's again, <laughs> it's a lot better than waiting tables. No offense to anybody right. waiting tables, but nope. you know, <laughs> but we we love our studios, we love our audio. So, um, but yeah, so so that's all we got for you today. Um, to check out Brent, uh, i65music.com to learn more and, and get in touch with him. 
All right, guys. So you know what to do. Um, that's all we got today. Um, if you found any, found any value here, please just take a screenshot of the video, uh, share it, tag us. Um, I'll give you a shout out. Um, but help out other people in your network that, that might need to hear this message. Um, also, don't forget your free gift. Head over to adamclaremont.com slash workflow. Uh, there's a PDF guide waiting there for you for free. I know it's going to help you work a lot faster, get your production um, really in a good spot you know we talked a lot today about templates you know just things that you know can eliminate distractions and really get your focus in a good spot so you can turn out a lot of work in, in a little bit of time and that's also make you more important so thanks a lot everybody i'll catch you in the next one bye